Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors. We're so glad that you're with us today. Hey, especially if you're with us for the very first time, I always encourage our guests to come back at least three times. So whether or not you're in here uh, inside of our church in physical locations, or maybe you're watching online right now, and uh, we're just so glad that you're with us. But if you are a guest, I encourage you to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. And here's why, as I know that when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. So my hope and my prayer is that you would be able to come out and check us out and be a part and be a part of our service uh, as any way that you can. Hey, if you are watching online, will you do me a favor? Will you check in and just hit a share, a like, a comment, let people know that you're here, and then also just get it on your board and on your walls. It's a great way for us to actually spread uh, the new good news of the gospel. But if you're in here physically in person, take out your phone and let people know that you're here. Check in, let people know that the church is open. And uh, today we started our kids' ministry, our Rise Kids came back again, and so I'm thankful to all of our kids ministry workers back there, and I know you guys are. You're like, thank the Lord. I don't have to walk, watch my kids all the time, every day, every moment. So now we get a moment and a little bit of a breather. So, so glad that uh, you're with us today. Also, happy Father's Day to all the dads. Man, just so glad and honored uh, that you are here with us. We pray that today is encouraging to you. We pray that you are encouraged to be the man of God that we know that you are. And so whether you're in here or you're watching online, we're so glad that you are with us. Before we get started, let's pray, and we'll just continue our Dog Days of Summer series. Father, we love you, God. Lord, I know that uh, you have a word for us today. I pray that our hearts would be opened, our minds would be clear. God, you would speak to us in only the way that you can, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Uh, you know, I've been a pastor for uh, many, many years now, almost two decades, and it's been interesting to, to meet new people and connect with new uh, people that come into our church. And normally, you know, what I normally do is I connect with the, with the guys, obviously, because I'm a dad, I'm a guy, and so I connect with the dudes. And a lot, what's funny is, is many dads that I talk to, um, they, they are all unique, and all, you, all guys are different. You know, when it comes to barbecue, and how many y'all know, like, there's different ways to barbecue. So some guys swear by only propane, some guys swear by, uh, you know, having pellet grills, some of y'all are only smokers, you know, you got to get the smoke right and you got to have the ring and there's the whole way of doing meat and there's a whole honestly guys are just as complicated as any person in the world and they're very very unique but one thing that does is not unique one thing that all guys share all dads share is a unique desire to be successful all dads want to be successful all of us all of us fathers want to be successful as dads i've met every i met all every one of them no, no nobody i met no dad i've met has ever come up to me and said hey you know what as a dad i don't really need to win i don't want to be success i don't really care whether or not i'm a good not good dad or not no one says that all dads that i talk to all fathers want to be good ones they all want to uh, uh, kind of establish their legacy leave something behind so that they can truly, I think, follow scripture, but then also just walk in the ways of God. And, and what, what really the question that follows a dad that wants to be successful is the question, what does it take to be a successful dad? Now, in general, it's hard to find how to, what the characteristics are to be a success. A, a study that was done in 1892 by a man named Galton, he did a biographical study on successful people. So he looked at a series of successful people over a long period of time and tried to identify what it was that actually brought about their success. The findings that he found was this. He said this incredible statement. This is really good for those of you if you're taking notes. He said, he said the people that were successful have ability mixed with zeal and the capacity 
for hard labor. Now, fast forward, because that's 1892. In, in nowadays, in modern context, the University of Pennsylvania and Michigan, also along with West Point, did a kind of a circuit study together, and they asked this question. They said, why do some individuals accomplish more than others of equal intelligence? They're trying to figure out, again, the age-old question, how do you become a success? Because every dad wants to, I want to, we all want to become a success. But how you do that is incredibly, I'm telling you, it's incredibly difficult. So how we become a success is important. They found that it wasn't the most talented. They found that it wasn't the smartest. Come on, guys. How many y'all thankful for that? They found that it wasn't the best looking. Come on, dad bod people out there. Come on, y'all. Just it's okay. Y'all sucking it in at the beach in the, you know, the summertime at the pool right now. It wasn't the most creative. It wasn't the most charismatic. You didn't have the best personality. What they ultimately found was that the most, the, the, the guys who were most successful, the dads who were most successful, had one specific characteristic, and it was grit. Everybody say grit. It was that, it was that first definition that they had. It was having the ability, ability mixed with zeal and the capacity for hard labor. Or, in other words, grit as defined for us, just so we have a working definition today for what grit is. They have perseverance and passion for long-term goals regardless of failure, regardless of adversity, or plateaus in progress. They just know that what, what they see and what they experience is not the end game, and they're going to push through and make it happen, and they're going to have some grit because they know that at the end of the day, if they don't give up, that God's going to step in and make sure that it happens. The Bible says it like this in James chapter 1. He says, Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. When James says stuff like that, it's irritating because you're like, No. My first reaction to that scripture is no. I consider pure joy when things are great. Like when I'm happy, then I consider pure joy. That's kind of how I think, right? And then he goes on to say, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That let perseverance, is like there's a grittiness about you, like where you don't give up. Finish its work so that you may be able to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Come on, ladies. How many of y'all want your husband, come on, kids, your father to be mature, not immature, right? We all dads. Come on. We want to be mature. And the way we do that is we got to have some grit inside of us. We got to... Maybe to summarize it, successful, come on, successful dads are gritty dads. Successful dads are gritty dads. They got this something inside of them that makes sure that they're going to make it to where they're trying to get to. So today, as we wrap up our, our message today, I'm going to give you five quick gritty behaviors for successful dads. Five quick uh, gritty behaviors for successful dads. My gift to you dads today on Father's Day is I'm going to make this thing short and sweet so you can go eat some food. How about that? You're welcome. Congratulations. I love you. Group hug. Number one, first gritty behavior. They're faithful. They got this faithfulness. They show up on time. Everybody say on time. Every time. Everybody say on every time. All right. So we're going to say it again. Say on time. Say every time. On time. Every time. Like God, gritty dads just have this ability to be faithful. They show up. They're on time. And they're every time. First Timothy chapter 1 says it like this. It says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me. I love this. Faithful. Everybody say faithful. 
Come on, he counted me faithful when he put me in the ministry. He, he didn't say that I was the smartest, and he didn't say I was the good, best good-looking. Come on, I didn't have the six-pack that I wanted. I didn't really think of everything. I wasn't the most charismatic. I didn't have the greatest personality. But I'm just telling you what, I just showed up every time on time. I was there. Like, I was available. Sometimes your greatest ability is your availability. Come on, somebody. Just being there sometimes in the moment can actually make sure that you can actually accomplish what you need to accomplish. So faithfulness, we're talking about being on time every time. First, on time. We're talking about like actually being there on time, having the ability to be punctual, the ability to show up at the time you said you were going to show up. Come on, guys. We can do that. We can be on time. I was reading, uh, I'm a kind of a student of history kind of have to be a little bit, you know, when you're a pastor, because you're looking at biblical history, but you're looking at modern history. And I was looking at American history the other day. I have a book which kind of tells me about different successful people in the world. And uh, I was reading something about George Washington, and and, uh, I thought it was interesting about this certain passage. I want to read it for you. And this is what they said about George Washington. They said this. They said, Washington's promptness extended to his mealtime. So he was really particular about being on time. He was like, he was super punctual. He said, extended to his meal times. He ate dinner exactly at four o'clock. Does anybody eat dinner at four o'clock right now? That's kind of, that's a little early for me. I'm like, mm, four o'clock. By the time, you know, it gets a little later, I'm starting to eat again. I have like second dinner. Maybe I should eat at four o'clock. Anyway, so when he invited members of Congress to dine with him, they, and if they arrived late, they were often surprised to find the president halfway done with his meal or even pushing back from the table. To his startled and tardy guests, he would always say this statement. This is what he said. I thought this was funny. He said, we're punctual around here. My cook never asks whether the company has arrived, but whether the hour has come. Now, he, he took it seriously. The, 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 the book goes on to say that Washington related punctuality with respect. He determined in his heart that he was going to be on time to give respect and expected people to be on time to his place to get respect. And honestly, guys, we can be little lax on this sometimes. And my encouragement to you is for us, we need to be faithful enough to be there on time. As Christians, we're called to be incredibly unselfish. And honestly, when you're late, that's kind of a selfish act. You're really telling the other person that your time is more valuable than their time. And we don't want to be like that, guys. We don't. Shake your head. No, we don't. All on online, we don't. We don't like to be like that. We want to be unselfish and we want to be on time. Now, it's not only on time, it's every time. Now, I grew up, thankfully, with a dad who always taught me this statement that, that, that I find interesting that most don't hear anymore, but you need to be a man of your word. How many of y'all ever heard that before, right? Y'all been online, y'all been, we need a man of your, what were they saying? What were they were saying is that if you said something, then you need to do it. Then you don't want to just talk the talk, you want to, come on, walk the walk. At some point, you need to not just say it, you need to spray it, right? Come on, y'all ever heard that? You're like, don't say it, don't, you know, don't spray it, just say it. No, no, you need to actually step out and do what you said that you were going to do. I've found that faithfulness is shown. It's not said. So guys, fathers, dads, online and in here, we can be faithful. We can step up and be gritty enough to be on time every time. Somebody say amen. All right, number two is this, confidence. They have confidence. It's a gritty behavior of confidence. I like this. They have like this get her done attitude. You know what I'm talking about? Like they just have this ability to, 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 figure out what they don't know so that it can get done. I like what Hebrews chapter 10 says. It says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence. There's got to have some confidence in you. It's not pride. It's not arrogance. It's confidence. You need to be stand tall. Be confident that you can figure out anything. He says, which is a great reward. I like what he says, for you have need of endurance, kind of grit. You got to be gritty. 
So that when you have done the will of your God, of God, you may receive what is promised. Like you, you and I, we need to develop some grit inside of us to get through what we need to get through. But you can't get through if you stop at not knowing what to do. A question always arrives. This is a question you should ask yourself. What do I do? Okay. What do I do when someone asks me to do something I don't know how to do? Ask yourself that question. What do I do when someone asks me to do something that I don't know how to do? Now, one reaction could be, could be. Or you just go, I don't know. I don't know. You kind of throw up your hands. Come on, guys. How many times this last week did you run into something that you did not know how to do? Whether it was your wife who asked you to do something, or maybe it was the kids, or maybe it was your boss, or your job, or so. You ran into something you didn't know how to do. And a lot of guys, honestly, I'm surprised by this. A lot of guys just go, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we're just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But gritty dads know how to take a step forward and step up and figure it out. They might start with, I don't know, but they move into, I'm going to figure it out. Like, they start with, I don't know. It's not ignorance. It's not saying, well, I know everything. No, no, no. It's not arrogance. It's saying, I don't really know the answer to that question. I don't know how to do that. But you know what? I'm going to be confident enough to go and figure it out. Google has helped us tremendously, tremendously, right? I mean, come on. How many of y'all been on YouTube, learned how to do something just this last week, right? Sometimes we need to learn how to step up, be confident, be those dads, and have that gritty attitude to be confident. Number three is this uh, servant-minded. This is a great gritty behavior for most dads, like to make sure you make it to your, your end game. Servant-minded means, you know, I kind of say that they're chair stackers. I like that. They're chair stackers. They have this ability to, to not be, they have an innate understanding to know that leaders are to be the servers and not to be served. Matthew chapter 23 says it like this. It says, the greatest among you shall be a servant. Now, Jesus is speaking this. Now, you've got to understand, context is everything. If Jesus is saying it, if the, if the king of the universe is in flesh now in front of us saying, you and I and the greatest among you will actually be servants, then we got to pay attention. Now, I, what's hard about this, this is what's hard about this. It's hard to sometimes decipher what we should do and how we should do it, especially when it comes to being a success. When you become a leader, just so you know, guys, you're called to be leaders in your home. You're called to be leaders in your job. You're called to be leaders with your friends. You're called to be the influence, the salt, the taste, the light. Come on, y'all supposed to be the people that they follow. And in order for us to be leaders, God's calling us to be, be servants. Now, the world's way would say, if you're a leader, you sh it should look like this. You're at the top. Everybody else is holding you up. Everybody else is about you. And all this world is about you and is pointing to you and make sure you are good and one you win and you are a success. And as long as you're at the top and you want to be, that's kind of the world's way. That's why they call it climbing the ladder, right? You're climbing the ladder to get to the top where everybody else isn't so that you're lifted up. God's way is completely different. It's actually bottom-up leadership. It's actually leaders should be right here holding everyone else up. The leader's job is to serve the people. My job as a pastor is to serve you. My, my, my job as a leader is to serve the flock, serve the church. Jesus said the greatest among us will be, will be servants. So we as dads can have a gritty behavior to learn how to serve in every aspect of our life. There might be a part in your life with your marriage. Maybe you need to be a servant. Where can you serve your wife today? Like, I know today's about you. I know it's dad day. I know you're probably going to eat a lot of meat. 
I know you're probably going to sit and watch something on TV, and there's no sports right now, so it'll probably be you know, some, something on Netflix, right? I know, I know it's supposed to be about you. I know we're celebrating us as dads, but I'm just telling you, when you can invert that, that world and become a servant to all, you can become great. That's what Jesus said. I like even the quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. He said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. He recognized, really quoting Jesus, he was saying everybody has the capacity to be a success, to be great. That's something if you can just learn to serve. And right now in this world, we need to be better servants, come on, than we are to be served. We have an opportunity to step into that category and have a gritty behavior called serving as a characteristic. I remember when I first um, got into ministry, I was, at a, uh, I was a youth pastor inside California. We had just opened up this youth ministry, and it was booming, and we were in a big church, about 15,000 people. There was a lot of people. We were serving inside of this church, and, and we were at a youth ministry, and every night, hundreds and hundreds of kids would show up, and it was crazy. It was just, God was doing something. We were having a great youth ministry, and I remember started serving there, and I walked into church one day, and, and uh, one of the pastor's staff members runs up to me and says, oh, I'm so glad you're here, Aaron. I need your help. I'm like, well, obviously, you can see my anointing. I can do anything. What do you need me to do? And so, because I'm this little young teen punk kid, you know, so I'm like, I'm walking in, and so she's walking me into this area, and she's running. So I'm like having to speed walk. Y'all know speed walk. You know, you have to speed, just walk as fast as you possibly can. So I'm like basically running after this, this girl. She's going to take me to this thing, and we walk by the platform, like the doors that go into the, into the auditorium to where the stage was. And I'm like, hey, the stage is over there. Like the stage, you're, you're, we're, we're going, we're not going where you, you're supposed to take me. Like if you want me to lead, I'm on the platform. I can get, you don't want a message? I got a message. I got something in my spirit. I can talk about the Bible and God, I'm ready. Oh, well, you need me to sing? I can sing. What do you want me to sing? I can sing. We can do some singing in here. You need me to dance. You need me to tell jokes. You need me to do whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do as long as it's on the stage where I can be seen where all the lights are, right? That's why I was, and she was like, no, 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 we don't need you over there. So I'm like, oh man, it must be really important. Maybe back with pastor or something. I don't know. So I'm starting to get excited. She starts leading me out of the, out literally out of the building to the front doors. And she says, I need you to stand right here. And I'm like, stand right here. It's cold outside. What are you talking about? Stand right here. This is not the stage. This is nobody can see me right here. No one wants to talk to me right here. This is not where you preach. And she goes, no, no, I need you to stand right here. She goes, I have a super important job for you. I said, okay. So I'm like, what does it got to be? She goes, I need you to open the doors when people walk in and then just like wave at them and say hi. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm a Grijalva. Hello. Don't you see my anointing? Like, don't you see what I, I'm, I'm gifted? Like, people should be serving me. I shouldn't be serving others. She goes, you're a leader. I need you to stand here and serve the people as they, as they come in. So, literally, she left. After five minutes, I left. Okay? So, I literally, I left. I went to go find my pastor. I found him, and I walked up to him. And I'm kidding you. If I'm lying, I'm done. I'm telling you this is exactly what happened. I literally, I walked up to him. I was like laughing. I said, Pastor, you never know what your staff member asked me to do. She didn't ask me to be on the platform. She asked me to hold the door open for people walking in. Can you believe that? <laughs> what in the world? She doesn't know what, who she's talking to. And my pastor, I literally, he was like, what? And he got like really close to me and I was like a little nervous. I was like, uh, uh, uh. I was like, what's, what's going on? And he goes, dude, I don't care if she asked you to stack chairs, clean toilets, to car shampoo the rugs, to walk outside and count the birds. Like it does not matter. You are a servant in the house of God. Just go do what she wants. And I was like, I was just kidding. And I ran back to the, you know what I mean? To the door. 
And I learned in that moment, you know, he and I, I talked to him later about it. And I said, I, you know, I, I teach me about how me understand what was going on. And he goes, you think you thought that because you were serving, you weren't in the family. He goes, that's not true. You, you thought you were just a, a worker. He goes, actually, that, that actually made, made you a part of the family. You had responsibilities. It's like any regular family. All family members have responsibilities. Why you have your kids take out the trash. And if you don't, you should. Because they need to have some type of buy-in to the world that they're in, the family that they're in. And anytime you serve, all you're doing is you're saying, I'm a part of the family of God. So my encouragement to you would be, don't be like Pastor Aaron. Be like Jesus. Come on. And do the best we can to be a servant-minded person. Y'all don't like that one? We'll move on. Number four is uh, thick skin. Like, we need to be built like a tank and not a Porsche. Okay. Now, I, when, I, when, I, when I was putting this message together, I was like, come on, God, come on, like, come on. Like, this is one I, I kind of struggle with because sometimes I can get, like, hurt. Like, my feelings can get hurt, you know, and, and, like, I'm a words of affirmation person. And sometimes people say things to you, like, as a pastor, and they just consider, like, they think you're, like, made of, you know, everything. You know, like, you're so strong. And I'm like, well, you can say anything you want to. I like how people walk up to me after a message and be like, well, that wasn't your best today, huh? And I'm like... It's like my heart, like my, this is my heart to you. I'm so sorry. I can't, you know, it's like, okay. And you know, they mean well, but you know, people say weird things. But anyway, you, like you, with dads, you got to be grit to be gritty, to make it, to do, you got to be thick skinned. You got to be strong. You got to be tough. There's got to be some parts of you. And I'm not talking about like toxic masculinity where you don't have emotions and feelings and crying all the time. I'm talking about, you just need to have the ability to not be moody all the time. Come on guys. Right? Like, let's be honest. Like, we probably need that. Paul said something interesting. He was describing kind of his journey as like a, a, just as a follower of Jesus. And he talks about what happens to him in his race that he's running, right? He talks about this. In 2 Corinthians, he says this. He says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Which, by the way, that torture was the same type of beating. The scholars believe that Jesus got one time. He got it five. That's bad, Okay. So when he's on it, we're talking about Jesus's beatings on the way to Golgotha for before us to take uh, take on the sins of, of, of us and to die for us. That God does that. So that's what Paul, Paul goes through that. Then he says, not only that, three times I was beaten with rods. That's pretty bad. That's terrible. One time I was stoned like that's not the good way. And he's like three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day. I've been beaten. I've been in the deep. So he's like not had a good good. He's not had a good life so far in this journey as a Christ follower in journeys often and then he goes on to describe where he's had problems in perils of waters in perils of robbers in perils of my own countrymen in perils of the Gentiles of people that I tried to help because I'm like you don't have to actually you know get circumcised like the Jews in the cultural mandate I tried to help them they're help they're messing with me in perils of the city in perils of the wilderness in perils of the sea in perils among false brethren I mean he goes on and on in weariness and in toil in sleeplessness often I can't even sleep he goes in hunger and thirst i'm hungry i'm thirsty i'm fasting because there's no food around and so apparently i'm just trying not to be you know i'm just i'm gonna be holy today and then in cold and now i don't even got no clothes naked and he says besides these other things i like that he goes just let me summarize besides all these things what comes upon me daily my deep concern for all the churches he says i have this understanding to know that i have a purpose and there's something that i'm moving towards and honestly at the end of the day what i'm trying to do for myself is i'm trying to be thick-skinned and realize that pain is not the enemy pain is a part of the process and gritty men can t- i like this gritty men can take a licking and keep on ticking 
They, they just know how to just like, come on, like guys, right? Like I'm preaching to myself here a little bit. Like we got to be a little tougher. You, you, you can make it. It's a part of the process and, you process and you only grow to your threshold of your, the level of your pain. Because if you can't get through it, you can't get to it. I'll give you an example. Um, how many of y'all ever done yard work before? Raise your hand if you've done yard work. Anybody, ladies, guys, okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. What's interesting about yard work is if you've never done it and you put your hand on a shovel, it doesn't matter if you have gloves or not, when you work all day in the yard sweating and you, you, you start using the shovel, when you're shoveling, you know what's interesting about that? You get these things on your hands. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about? What are they called? yeah blisters yeah they get what's funny is like that you get the blisties you know you're like ouch you know you're like i don't want to and what's funny is is you have two types of people you have the people who feel the pain and stop don't accomplish what they need to accomplish or they feel the pain they push through and then eventually what happens is your blisters move to what i the this interesting thing called called what called calluses and when you get calloused on your hands all calluses do is allow you to continue doing the work and do it better do it stronger do it faster and do it more and so you and I are missing out on the blessing of what's on the other side of pain and you and I have been sold a bill of false goods from the world to say pain means you shouldn't do it that's not true oftentimes pain is the precursor for what the blessing is on the other side and so, but you can't do that if you're thin-skinned, if you're temperamental. By the way, if you're moody, you're terrible to be around. No one wants to, have you ever, I've never talked to anybody who said this. Wow, that guy was amazing. He was so moody. Just loved him. No, they say, he's moody. Watch out. Danger, Will Robinson. That guy's not safe. So if you're a moody guy, which there's a lot of moody guys out there right now, that like you a moody dude. If you're moody, all that says is that you, man, you've allowed the world to mess with you and you're thin-skinned and we just can't do it. And I'm telling you, God has called you to be better than that. God can, you and I can step into who we're called to be and be thick-skinned and actually handle the world and handle the pain and step up. We could do it, guys. You, I believe in you. God believes in you. That's what he wants for you. And pain is a part of the process. Somebody say amen. Thick skin. I believe in you. You can do it. Last one is this as we close and we're done. Is we can be focused. Gritty, the last gritty behavior is we can be, we can be focused. We, we got, got guys who are focused, gritty dads who are focused, keep their eyes on the prize. They they know that, like, okay, I might go through some rough patches. Might have some pain. Might have to do some work that I don't like. Might not make it completely, but you know what? I'm gonna keep my eyes on the prize. I'm focused. I like what the scripture says, Second Timothy. It says, I fought the good fight, which by the way, gentlemen, you and I are in a fight. You have an enemy who hates you. He hates your God. He hates your destiny. He hates your life. He wants you to fail. You're in a fight, but you're not alone, and you can do it. God's with you. And he says, I finished the race. This is what we want. I have kept the faith. And finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Gentlemen, we have a crown of righteousness laid up for us. We can lay hold of it if we just get some of those gritty behaviors and stay focused on that. Sometimes you got to know the end game. The end game is 
the crown of righteousness that God has for you and I. The whole point of enduring the race, the whole point of being gritty is so that you and I can get to the end of our race and said, I fought the good fight. Come on, church, that you made it. And I believe in you. And God believes in you and he's for you and you can be every bit of the man that your wife wants you to be and your kids want you to be and you want you to be. You can do it. I promise you God's with you. And if you can get some of these, if we can get some of these behaviors, if we can get some confidence, come on, if we can get some thick skin, if we get some focus, I I really believe that, that God can do some amazing things for us. If we could be a servant. Walk in every place of your life and be a servant today. If you can be faithful, if you can be gritty, come on, we're going to make it. And you can do it today. And that's my prayer for you as we wrap up. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. God, I'm just so honored, so thankful that you've spoken to us today about how to be a gritty dad. We're going to be successful in this world. It's going to take some things, some adjustments in our character and our life, who we are as as fathers, to make this happen. I pray, Lord, that every father that's been, that's heard this message, that God, we would take a step today, just a step, towards who you want us to be, in Jesus' name.